Hey, dear listener, Anthony here. Before we hop into the show, I wanted to let you know about an incredible new resource we just released, The Five Rules of Investing. Dan and I are huge advocates of modeling the behaviors of the people who have done what you hope to do. And who better to model when it comes to investing than legendary investors like Warren Buffett, Howard Marks, and Ray Dalio? This free ebook breaks down the simple time-tested strategies of billionaire real estate investors that you can use to take your investing to the next level. So head over to InvictusMultifamily.com and grab your ebook today. All right, now let's hop into the show. Hello, welcome to Multifamily wow. Investing Made Simple, the podcast that's all about taking the complexity out of real estate investing so that you can take action today. I'm your host, Anthony Vecino of Invictus Capital, joined by Dan, take it down a notch, Kruger. You scared me. I did, I'm sorry. Screaming. I got I really excited. I got excited because this this is the book review episode. This is like- mm, It's I'm, brand I'm, new. It's the, fresh. It's only the second time we've tight. done this, but it's already my new favorite segment because we just get to talk about books and mindset and like None things that, that we're learning and growing as individuals. It's the best. Forget real estate. Forget finance and numbers. Stupid books. Now, <laughs> if you guys didn't listen to the last episode where we did a book review on uh, the Almanac of Naval Ravikant, uh, just a quick disclaimer is that we're introducing a new segment into every episode, every, every week. We're going to do a book review where- we take a book that means a lot to Dan and I. We're going to break it down and say, what are the top five takeaways you got from this book? And mm. what are the top five takeaways I got from this book? We're going to bring it to you, our listeners who, listen, I don't know you guys all personally, but of the fans that I have met, which is tens of thousands of you at this point, um, <laughs> the thing I hear over and over and I see in you guys is that you're all high achievers. You're badasses mm. trying to be better than you were yesterday. And you're constantly learning and growing. And so you like to consume and read information and um, learn. And so hopefully we can put a new book onto your radar that makes you go, oh, cool, I want to check that out. Or you just get so much value out of our takeaways that you're like, I don't need to read that book because I got everything out of that podcast. Good enough. I don't know if I'd recommend that, but... Um, <laughs> read the books. Yeah. If we're, if we're doing a book review, you should read it. Yeah. No, these are... I could say that for sure for Naval. If you guys didn't watch that. The last back, episode. Watch oh, it. So like it. Review it. Shake it, whatever platform Shake you're on. It? Poke it. Po- Push it. <laughs> you are not on social medias, are you? I don't know what that is. Poke it? Just inter- engage it? with it. Engage with it. a Polaroid picture. <laughs> Anywho. Okay, today today is a book. Um, this is a, uh, written by a guy named Keith Cunningham. And if mm. you've ever read the book or heard of the book, Rich Dad, Poor Dad. You guys ever heard of that one? Robert Kiyosaki? No, I don't think it's I've like heard of it. a really that. famous book. What is that? Some people call it like the, 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 the purple book. It's Rich Dad, Poor Dad. Legendary. Now, here's the thing. Uh, Robert Kiyosaki, here's the dirty secret. He didn't really have a rich dad, poor dad. He kind of, he's kind of made up. But here's the thing. The rich dad in that book, Robert Kiyosaki says, is based off of Keith Cunningham. Mm. Keith Cunningham, the man who wrote mm. today's book, is rich mm. dad. He is the rich dad. How do you like them apples? I, I, I didn't care for those apples until I read and started consuming Keith Cunningham stuff. And I was like, okay, this is really good. great. I, I think the title initially was like, uh, I mean, anytime there's like kind of a, any, any, in any way, like cheeky or just cheesy title, I initially kind of like, uh, okay. Mm. Um, and this, this one isn't one, that bad. This one is uh, the but, road less stupid. Yeah. Initially I was like, uh, it's not a great title. I don't know. 
It's not a great title, it's but excellent. I, book what's though. funny is I recommended this to you for a while. I kept recommending it, and in true style, you always wait. It's the title. You're always I like, no, I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read that. I'm not going to read it. And then you read it, and you're like, this is good. I know. I know. Yeah. It's the title. It's it's a stupid title. The road less stupid. <laughs> but um, it's a really good book. Um, the subtitle is Advice from the Chairman of the Board. Hmm. It's Keith Cunningham has built many, many businesses. He had like a massive real estate fund uh, or portfolio back in the 80s of like hundreds of millions and lost it all. Lost it all. And then had to rebuild. Record hundreds of millions in the 80s is like well over a billion today. Yeah, different times. So like he was... He was doing some stuff. Um, so he's seen th- some things. He's a true operator, and there's a lot of advice in here I think that's really good. Um, so I'm excited to unpack this one. I'm, I'm excited. Mm-hmm. Let's um, so let's get into it. Let's let's get into Dan's top five takeaways mm. and Anthony's top five takeaways. Dan, kick us off. All right. I'm going to take the obvious one, which for this one, if you watch the Naval one, I kept it uh, as quotes from Naval. Ooh. This, I just pulled out key concepts. Um, oh, so I don't you. know. We haven't really flushed out this um, this format formats. So. Yeah. You guys, if you have ideas for how we can format this in a way that brings more value, yeah. just go leave a comment or review. Let us know. Um, but yeah, I just jotted down like the kind of the key elements, the key philosophies or concepts that I, that I uh, found value in, in some way. The first one was uh, thinking time, um, which is a, a pretty big concept in the book. Um, and it's, it's something that I've for a while had. And basically what thinking time is, is, um, Carving out some time every single day, ideally. And this is something I've only done in the past on weekends at best, but not even um, intentionally. Carve out some time every single day for, uh, it kind of varies per person. I've heard different recommendations. I think Michael Milken, uh, the junk bomb king, came up with this concept initially. And his was like 30 to 45 minutes a day. I want to say Cunningham might be a little bit longer. He's like 45 to an hour. Yeah, he's a little longer. But you carve out time to just sit and think. Uh, and ideally have distractions gone. Um, Cunningham talked about like, I think not having a clock and just get rid of all the things that could uh, distract you from thinking about whatever it is he you gets, wanted to put. He gets so granular as to talk about like how to sit and cover his eyes. Yeah. So that he doesn't get distracted. And then his right hand is just constantly writing on a piece yeah, of paper. Yeah, so he holds next his hand him. over his face yeah, while so he's he writing. Like, and he just sits if, like that for like If you guys are watching the YouTube straight. video, he just sits here in like for 45 minutes. So it's like a mental dump, but he's coming in uh, with, with, you know, questions he's going to think on, and then he just dumps. So he's very proactive and prepared, and he comes in with these questions, and that's kind of a theme that we're probably going to talk about a lot, about questions and answers and things like that. But I thought just carving out the time and being intentional, whenever it is, to sit down and cut everything else out and just think about the things that matter most, whether it's your business or family or whatever, doing that, um, I think is a really powerful strategy anybody can insert in their life, and it's going to probably be good unless you're completely yeah. insane in which case it, this might be a bad idea this was this is one of my takeaways too is i have yeah, here I the power of thinking time coupled with writing and it's one of the biggest it's probably the biggest concept in the entire book and so it's super important in the lens that we tend to be very reactive with our thinking if you're a very busy high achieving individual like you're just moving from one crisis or storm to another and yep. you're thinking in the moment but high level strategic thinking needs to occur at in a time and a place. And so he offers a structure for doing that that I thought was very beneficial. I did it for a month exactly how he laid it out. I do it a little bit differently now because I think... You hold your hand over your face? I, I tried. I just hated it, though. Um, so I, I, you got to find a position that works for you. I think you. that's an old man position. But the, the, whole goal, the whole goal of this that I find really fascinating in the thinking time is that this isn't just find an hour and sit. 
Yeah, it's not meditation. It's not that. It's it's sit down and you have a very particular question or series of questions that you're sitting down thinking about. And then as you're thinking about them, you're writing down like everything that comes to mind and solutions and problems. And you're just like stream of consciousness. And then at the end, you're unpacking it and editing it. And you're mm-hmm. saying, okay, what, what do I want to work with here? What do I take away? And that's the problem with thinking a lot of times is this isn't just going into the shower and then like hoping an idea spawns. It's like hard, intentional thinking, which I think very few of us make time for. Yeah, that's a good distinction because the whole thinking time label, I didn't really think about this one reading it, but it could be easily interpreted in a high level summary like this as something meditative where you just sit and relax, and mm-hmm. get, get comfortable, yeah. go for a walk and just let things yeah. come. No, and it's not that work. it's like you're sitting down and you're like <laughs> cutting out everything else. You're like right now I'm thinking <laughs> this is I'm, it's it's like an, uh, a sport. Yeah. If someone walks in, you're yelling at them. Yeah, it's I'm not thinking. Good. Yeah, you need to let people know. Don't interrupt me. I'm thinking. Yeah. So, okay. So that's my first one, which is really just copying you. So what's your number two? Oh, is that you do your, okay. That was, wow. yeah, well, I had it written down to you. So it's, it's like the biggest first. concept from the book. So yeah, if we missed that, that'd be, um, uh, unfortunate. Um, my next concept is majors and minors and it's kind of, uh, kind of somewhat related in that it's, you know, outside of the thinking time, you want to make sure that you are establishing what the big movers and shakers are. And like Anthony kind of mentioned before, not getting caught up in all the the day-to-day fires and just the immediate urgent things. But there's going to be some things that are important, not necessarily urgent, that can easily get pushed to the back burner. And identifying these majors and minors and having you know one or maybe uh, one major, I think is what he recommends, and a couple minors. It's, it's very similar to uh, a concept in another book that we're going to be talking about very soon um, and the cadence of, of identifying big picture important things that need to be executed on and keeping those uh, as a, a, a section mm-hmm. your calendar. Make sure you carve out the time. You don't just put on a list and say you're going to do it. No, you actually block off significant time for these things, and you make sure they get done because they are not urgent, like I said before. So it's very easy to kick the can down the road and focus on that email that's in your inbox marked urgent from somebody who's incredibly upset about something. Um, you got to carve out the things for those things that are going to move the needle, but aren't necessarily urgent. And the, the majors and minors concept, I think, uh, tied in a lot really nicely for me with a bunch of other things I've read about that concept. It's very important. Yeah, it's all about prioritization. I think Jim Rohn says the problem with most people is that they're majoring in minor things. Mm, good old Jim Rohn. <laughs> good old Jim Rohn. You got to say in a Jim Rohn voice. The problem with most people is that they're majoring. <laughs> In minor things. You could <laughs> so, say like the dumbest thing in the world. It sounds, would like, make it sound sounds, amazing. Sounds deep when he says it. Um, <laughs> but it's super it's super true. Like when it comes to business, we do this all the time. We get into the weeds of like doing things that are moving not the needle, <laughs> but like everything else around the needle. <laughs> and yeah. so yeah. It's, it's tricky when you're a business owner, you have to do that initially because you're literally the only person you gotta do everything. There is. But it's really tricky to get stuck there. So. Mm-hmm. All right, so my next one is the bulk of my problems are the result of indigestion and greed, not starvation. (laughs) And this goes back to something that you mentioned in the previous book review when we were talking about Warren Buffett and how he says the the thing about really ultra high net worth or successful people is that they spend all their time saying no to things. And it's this, I love this idea that your issues are... a result of indigestion and greed. It's because you have too much, too much on your plate, too much expectations, too much desire, and not from a lack, not from starvation. Yeah, you're doing too much. Doing too much. Say no, do less. Do less, better. 
It's amazing release. when you look at any kind of um, kind of like financial investing data as far as performance, and it's almost doing less is almost always better than doing more. Whether it's you're investing in the stock market, you know, the people that just buy something and hold it almost always do better than the people that are trying to be too in and out about things. Um, real estate, you'll make more just buying and holding it. Like you just do less. Do less. Do less. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it simple. But people feel like they need to be actively doing things because more is better. But a lot of times just do less because you get rid of a lot of the mistakes and only do the best, most high quality, most asymmetric risk reward type things. Mm-hmm. So we on me? Yeah, we're on you. Alrighty. Uh, culture is king. Uh, I think that one's especially Lame. relevant. Oh, sorry. <laughs> relevant. Sorry. It's relevant. We're it's, working it's, on this right now. Yeah. As you can see, our culture needs work. Needs work. We got some. Gr- we got some grumpy grannies over here. Yeah, it's we me. got we got a curmudgeon <laughs> and another curmudgeon, and we need culture. So I think I think I, really I, I think I, I I cringe with culture is king. No, I don't actually cringe at it. It's just that it gets used so much, and it it gets used so much because it is so damn important. Because I, everyone cringes at it, and they it's don't, just so damn hard. They don't do it. So, it is hard so too. Because you got to get. Hard. You got to get people like emotionally engaged and that's uh, that's not easy. So it's the hardest part about it. And it's hard, hard to find people that actually care and want to be engaged in a company's culture. A lot of people just don't. It's yeah. kind of a small segment of people that are really kind of into that. And it's, you got to make sure there's alignment there. Cause if there's not, they could be really, really talented people, mm-hmm. but if they're not alignment, if there's not alignment on a cultural level, it's not going to work out well for anybody. It, so we're it, knee deep in this. So that's why I picked and this, this can one pertain not even if you're an entrepreneur, but even as an investor, like the culture mm-hmm. of who you're investing with, or uh, the culture of your your friendship and your relationship yeah. ring. Like, who are the people that you hang out with, and what's the culture there? Right? Like, are they mean? Are they mean? Are oh, they uplifting? Not. Are they grumps? <laughs> are they always curmudgeons saying nay? <laughs> Like, like a horse, horses? yeah. You hanging out with horses? <laughs> are you an equestrian? Um, so culture in all manifestations is is important. So, um, yeah. When I say lame, I don't really mean lame. I just mean yeah, it's hard. It's, I just mean it's hard. It's, it's difficult for me. It's a challenge. Okay. Here's my next one. People do not do better because they want to do better. They do better because they get better, <laughs> which is like. Stupid, simple. Is that it on a bumper sticker? That's it on a bumper sticker. <laughs> uh, but it's so true. Like you don't get better just because you want to, and say like because you have this intention or this desire. Like you set this uh, affirmation. Like I'm going to get better. I'm going to get better at this thing. Like no, people get better because they actually do the work. They improve. They review their performance and they like criticize it and they say how can I do it better? And then they make adjustments and then they do it better the next time. And over time, suddenly they're better at the thing. It's, mm-hmm so simple but it's so true yeah yeah i think a lot of people find out the hard way that they like the idea of something and then they find out that they don't actually like the process of what it takes to get the thing yep so, yeah good thing to be self-aware of those types of things uh what do we got where you at ask better questions um so there's a big theme in this book about asking questions and that ties in obviously with the importance of the thinking time uh, component, which is obviously active thinking, asking questions. So asking better questions, I think is something that, uh, um, was, was a big part of the book. Basically oh, a lot like of 90% people, of it. yeah, a lot of people can't get past their issues because they're too busy focused on the symptom 
of the underlying problem. And they're trying to solve a symptom and they're not asking the right questions to uncover what the actual root problem is. And until you actually uh, improve the ability to seek out the real root causes of issues and know what questions to ask, you're just never gonna have any success. So the ability of uh, the individual to ask themselves the right questions mm -hmm. is profound. I think it's, it's really tough to do because you've gotta not lie to yourself. <laughs> and actually, uh, you know, kind of unpack what's going on in your own brain. But that's not the easy process. It's not an easy process, but it's an entirely essential process. Um, Something he brings up repeatedly throughout this is, and he says it almost in these exact words, is that there's nothing stupider than building a machine to solve for the problem that is not than, <laughs> than for the problem that is, right? Like, to go and just like build a machine that solves for the wrong problem. He's like, that's the stupidest thing. So before you do anything, before you take any action, like make sure you're solving for the right thing. And the way that you do that is by asking better questions. And there's this line, I don't know who says it, but if you want better answers, ask better questions. And the coolest thing about this book, and the reason I would recommend it to everybody is that at the end of each chapter, he gives like a list of sometimes uh, like a lot, of questions. It's a like, very actionable book. It's a very big list. And, and, but, and I wrote out all the questions actually. So if you guys want them, I could probably put them into a PDF and, and then share that with everybody. There's hundreds of questions. In there. Thinking time questions. Yeah. So if that's interesting to you guys and you're, uh, you want that, shoot me an email, let me know, or leave a review and say, I, I want, want that. And then I will do the work of actually building the thing for you. Um, but that's, what's really cool is there's tons of questions in here. So when you sit down to do your thinking time, you could just pull a question and be like, that's a good question. I'm going to ask them. I answer that one. It's stupid not to do that. Yeah, it's super good. It's already there. All right, here we go, guys and gals. The key to checking assumptions is to look for where I have substituted an opinion for a fact. Yeah, the key to checking assumptions is to look for where I have substituted an opinion for a fact. And this is like super common. It's so easy when, to start arguing for something. And like taking your, like digging your heels in and saying, this is my per, my perspective or my stance. This is the right solution. Um, and you don't realize that, no, that's, you've just substituted your opinion, your feelings, your emotions on a thing or your, the, what you want to be true for the reality of the situation. And it's so easy. Richard Feynman says, um, don't fool yourself. And also you are the easiest one to fool. Mm -hmm. And this is where that gets into it. It's like where we think yeah. our opinion is fact. And it's like, nope. You're wrong. Don't do that. That's why those people struggle to find uh, their true issues. My issues gotta be gotta be able to go deep. Yeah, unpack. It's not. I saw you bust open the book. What are you I know. Doing? I know. I've, I skipped. I took some notes. On I had to remind myself what the last word in the chapter was. Oh, okay. Yeah, what's What's your next one? My next one is ordinary things consistently do, consistently done produce extraordinary results. Ooh, I started reading like I'm reading to a child because I do that, and I don't know why I made my you voice read. go up, but. <laughs> <laughs> everything, I wish you had read that read more like loud, Jim Rohn. I could yeah, um, read that. Read that for me like Jim Rohn. No, I feel like I'd be mean, being like making fun of him. I, no, it's a <laughs> homage. <laughs> no. Okay, so ordinary things done consistently. Yeah, lead and I'm just to a big. I'm a, I'm a stickler for consistently consistency. Just it's it's one of those like fundamental things that like if you're not a consistent person, um, gotta be. If you want to do anything, <laughs> like, I'm sorry. Like, if you're you just, not, you gotta be. <laughs> you just, it's not gonna work, man. I mean, unless you find like a really consistent partner to just take care of all those things. Yeah. But um, yeah, I mean, it's such a fundamental thing that whether it's relationships, um, your business, your body, your 
your your brain, your spiritual health, whatever it is, like consistency is like can't skip it. Yeah. So, consistency and fundamentals. Fundamentals win championships. You don't have to do any you don't have to do anything crazy usually to to be the best at something. You just have to be like focus on the fundamentals. Yeah, you just have to be really, really consistent and diligent and yeah, you you become extraordinary as a result, but yeah. not of Bruce like Lee said what I fear the man who practice who's practiced without one kick a thousand times more than like the the guy who's practiced a thousand kicks. Something like that. Mm-hmm. That one consistent dude that scares Bruce Lee. That's saying something. That man does not scare me. I just stay away from that one kick. <laughs> That's all Problem he needs. Solved. Solved. <laughs> <laughs> all right. So my last one, mm-hmm. and then we will wrap it up and send you people on your merry way. Not all progress is measured by ground gained. Sometimes progress is measured by losses avoided. Uh, I'm sorry, I didn't hear you. Okay, let me try that. Let me try again. That was my Jim Rohn voice. But if you listen to the Audible book, Keith Cunningham sounds like a deeper baritone version of Jim Rohn. Yeah, Yeah. more Texas. Not all progress is measured by ground gained. Sometimes progress is measured by losses avoided. Mm. Now, if you're listening to this, and you should be because this is a... I feel like you had to go higher. This is an investing podcast. Higher. This is like one of the core theses of Invictus is like, this is good investing advice period. This is why is we that do less. Like, do not focus on the returns and the upside, focus on the risk mitigation, the downside protection and Howard Marks, one of the best investors out there. And I'd recommend reading all his stuff um, says that this is really difficult to quantify because you can't see on a spreadsheet, all the losses we've avoided making by making not doing this decision to that decision. Trust me, you don't want to see them. You can't do it. Like you could, a lot of red. You could try to, but you couldn't really. Mm. So like what ends up happening then is we focus on like, okay, what were the returns that did mm. happen? Right. And it's like that's not a great metric because sometimes, we don't know what the risk was taken to achieve yeah, that. And sometimes the best returns are just the lack of losses. Like maybe you were not in anything, but you didn't lose money and everybody else did. That's a that's a good year. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. And this is, this is also, I think, a good rule for life and relationships even. You know, not all progress is measured by ground gain. Sometimes progress is measured by losses avoided. And, like, in relationships, it's not always about going and moving on to the next thing or the next level in life or moving on to this or that the other thing, but, like, maintaining the relationships that you have. Mm-hmm. Not adding new friends and new relationships, but avoiding losing the ones that you currently have. Yeah, yeah. I'm not in a rush to acquire more people in my circle honestly i got a i got a good little well, crew well some people are though right because they, the network is your net worth type thing and people think they have to go out there and get guy. all these things and it's like no 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 i wish i had learned this better when i was younger is like um investing in social capital and the relationships to maintain those over time mm-hmm. you know I it's think, tough to maintain relationships so yeah, yeah. i feel like you got to keep a pretty small crew that are like your your go-to crew go-to you know? crew yeah all right. So those are our 10 takeaways. Hopefully one of these hit you in a special spot and gave you some value. If it did, go leave a review. Do it right now. I'll wait. If not, that's weird. Yeah. What the heck? Don't listen to all the podcasts and then not leave a review. That's a jerk move. 10's a lot. Yeah. Ten, we gave you 10, ten. takeaways. But this mm. is The Road Less Stupid, advice from the chairman of the board, Keith J. Cunningham, The Rich Dad. Highly recommend it. It's a I very, recommend very the audio good book. His, his voice his really voice is good. Uh, is good for this is words. one of those books <laughs> that I, w- I got on Audible first. I made it about two chapters in. And I was like, I need the book. 
I went and bought the book. I read yeah. the book simultaneously while listening to it. That's it's that good. It's kind of like a workbook almost. I mean, yeah. with all those questions and stuff, it's like asking to be highlighted and earmarked. So. You're, you're going to take away a lot. And remember, if you guys want those lists of questions, shoot me an email. If I get enough interest of people wanting that, I will put in the time and energy to collate it all into a nice PDF and I'll send it to you. So you're saying more than me. It's got to be more than Dan. Okay, here's the thing. I need I need Come at on, least people. I want this. seven people. If seven people reach out, I will create the thing. But it's gonna take me. It's it's gonna take me like a good hour to put it all together and make it pretty and, and consumable. So I need seven people to make it worth my time. Mm-hmm. So if you're one of them, shoot me an email, Anthony at InvictusMultifamily.com, and I'll put it together. But only if I get seven of you. And that's gonna do it, guys. That's it. That's all cool. of us. We'll see you in the next episode. Bye bye. Hey, thanks for joining us for another episode of Multifamily Investing Made Simple. If you enjoyed the show, could you do us a massive favor? Head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating and review. Your feedback, it means the world to us as it helps us grow and spread the word about multifamily investing. And don't forget, sharing is caring. So fire this episode over to any friends or family who you think could benefit from learning all about multifamily investing. Thanks, guys. We appreciate every single one of you, and we'll see you on the next show.